guys. Thanks for listening to Library Overload. This is Susie. And this is Tavia. Thank you so much for tuning into episode 21. Woo woo. We are so excited, but before we get into it, as always, don't forget you can find us online at libraryoverload.home.blog. If you want to check out a book that we've mentioned, you forget the name. I list every single book we talk about, even if we just briefly mention it. And then also, if you want to see pictures of our pretty books, we are on Instagram at Library Overload there. today's episode we are going to talk about this month's buddy read which i picked and that is erotic stories for punjabi widows yeah yes and that is by bali car jaswal i'm so glad you listened to audiobooks <laughs> that's funny so how did you feel about it i liked it i thought it was really good yeah yeah I, I I gave it a four four stars. I really enjoyed it. Okay, 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 okay. I thought the ending of it picked up a little bit more in pace and was pretty cool. The the beginning could could feel a little slow. Yeah, but I feel you on that. I enjoyed it overall. So a uh, quick synopsis before we jump off the ledge, and if you haven't read it, you can't listen. Well, Nikki is a Punjabi girl. Her family is from the Punjabi region of India. And her parents came over and they like went to university and stuff like that. So they're a little bit more modern. And And they're in England. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. And they're in England. And they moved outside of the Punjabi community. Like, you know how you have Chinatown or Koreatown. So like there's a Punjabi specific area in England called Southall. And that is where all of the Punjabi people live. So Nikki's family has moved outside of that, and she's a bit more modern. She works at a bar. She decided to quit university. She lives on her own. She lives on her own. Not um, at all interested in finding a husband. Right, and she smokes. And so she's basically just the worst thing that the Punjabi community could even imagine. Sure. And uh, these are Sikh. That's a Sikh religion. So a lot of people think that all of India is Hinduism, and it's not. The upper region is Sikh. Sikhism is a little bit more similar to... Muslim than it would be to Hindu because it's a it's a monotheistic religion. So I appreciate that. You're welcome. I knew none of those things. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tis well, always a history lesson with you, right? Yeah, and I I mean I look thing I'm fascinated by things in India and I've done a lot of study about religion in India, mm. so I kind of had a little foundation for that. I think everyone's fascinated with India. Mm. Like everything that you see in movies or hear about is just colors and smells mm-hmm. and spices and just like yes. Mm gorgeousness all over mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's definitely just a captivating mm-hmm. place I, I think so absolutely yeah so nikki her sister wants a traditional arranged marriage so she convinces nikki to put her marriage profile up on the marriage board at the temple in southall which nikki lives closer to so while she goes they also assume that nikki has so much time because she's just a bartender right yeah they don't Really, her mom and her sister don't really take her credibly mm-hmm. at the beginning. And, and they think that her profession is just like a pastime or, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. They think she's trying to figure she's out something just, else to do. She, they assume that she's just being rebellious mm-hmm. when really she doesn't know. And, like, I mean, she's only like 25, so she's right. not all that old. But like, I guess in the Punjabi community, that's really old. Oh, yeah. Basically, like you're a you should be Yeah, you should be married with children by 25. Yeah. Right. 
So her sister decides that she's going to send Nikki to do this errand for her. So while Nikki's there, she sees a flyer for the community center looking for an English teacher to teach creative writing in the community center, which is connected to the temple. So she applies, gets the job, and it does not at all go like she thinks it's going to. Not even a little bit. Mm-mm. So First of all, most of the widows are there to learn English, not like, to... They don't even know how to write in their own language. Right. Much less read it mm-hmm. and then not even a little bit of English whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and it's a bunch of older widows who show up. Mm-hmm. I skipped over that part. It's not young people. It's just older widows. And basically, they're just taking the class just for the hell mm-hmm. of it. Because the younger girls couldn't come because their husbands wouldn't allow them to come. Of so that's the kind not. of strict, like the, these women don't know how to read and write in Punjabi because women are kept so secreted. So these women, now that their husbands have passed, are giving getting a little bit more freedom. Mm-hmm. So Nikki thinks she's going to teach creative writing and the women are there to think that they're going to learn English and then chaos ensues. And then neither one of them really gets what they went for right so but they get something better oh for sure for sure for sure so if you're gonna keep listening we're gonna spoil some things okay go the only thing that i really 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 loved about this book not that i hated it i thought it was all right i thought it was i thought it was good but i loved just the feminism yes in this book like Mm -hmm. how nikki what she when she was bored she would just sign up for protests and like Mm -hmm. and eventually figured out like no this these things really matter to me Mm -hmm. this is so important like she was in a group called the femme fighters i love it i want to be in the femme fighters me too and it was it was super cool and for an indian woman especially Mm -hmm. a punjabi sikh that is that's so crazy yeah like women have zero rights probably negative amounts of rights yeah and it's yeah you're just you are there as a wife you mm-hmm. are there to birth boys mm-hmm. and Clean take up. care of your husband. Mm-hmm. And if you have a mind of your own, you're causing trouble and you're asking for trouble. Basically. I would never, ever, ever do well in that kind of community. I can imagine. Never, ever, ever. But you, you think if you're socialized into it, that would be what you knew. That would be normal. True, however, Nikki was, mm-hmm. and she well, and her, her parents sister were a took, bit more modern. True, but she and her sister went very different ways. Her mm-hmm. sister was much more conservative than she was. Mm-hmm. I think that as an older child, she felt a little bit more responsibility and duty to the family true. than Nikki did. Right, like you and I are both the oldest in our families, mm-hmm. and so yeah, there's definitely more of a responsibility. You're more of the whipping child than the younger. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yeah. no, I get that. My mom disagrees, but I say that different parents raised me and my sister. That's what I say. <laughs> no, my brother, one time I told my brother, I was like, your mother is so much different than my mother. And he was like, what? They're the same so person. Like, Seth, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, and I'm not saying I had like a, a crazy childhood or anything. Like it was wonderful. But they tested out some rules on me. Practice and children. Figured out yes. they could relax a little on her. It's like the first <laughs> pancake. Right. Yeah, that's so funny. Yep, that's so funny. My mom is one of our avid listeners, so I I do <laughs> want to make sure that she knows that I love her very much, and I in no way have any harsh feelings about it. But I do think that she laxed up on my sister 
a whole lot. They always do. <laughs> they always say they don't, but they do. They, I'm so sorry, Tavia's mom. <laughs> Thanks for listening, though. Yes, we love you. <laughs> oh, speaking of listeners, can we go on a tangent real fast and say... Tav- Why not? We always do. <laughs> Tavia came to visit me at work the other day. And one of my coworkers who listens to the podcast was like, oh, I don't even know. I don't even need to ask who your friend is, Susie. I recognize her voice. And it was just like, oh, my God. So, <laughs> we're famous. <laughs> so, hi, Beth. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. And then we got our very first comment on our Instagram from someone neither one of us know yeah, that listens excited. and said that they love our podcast. So, it's like, guys, I know. so much love. We love you guys. It's so great. We really, really enjoy doing this so that the support and love that we're getting just means so much because this is just so much fun for us. It's awesome. I asked Chris to listen to the episode where we interviewed RJ because I was like, I was really nervous about it. I've never Mm -hmm. interviewed anybody before. And I was like, would you please listen to it on your commute and just let me know? (laughs) And and, um, I asked him if he was on his way or not. And he said, I'll be mathematically there. (laughs) And I died laughing. I was like, oh my God. And then, of course, his review was, I like that a lot more than I thought I would, says the non-reading man. Thanks, Chris. (laughs) Thanks. No, that's not true. He's going to read the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Batman. He read it last night. He sat down and read it, and I was like, that's the sexiest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) You sitting there reading. Yeah. That's funny. Even if it is Turtles and Batman. Well, then afterwards, we had to watch Ninja Turtles. Oh. the original movie so oh. we just had a turtle a, a turtle sundae is what we did yeah that sounds like an ice cream sundae with chocolate and caramel and nuts we like did a turtle not. i know I d- we did not do you that you can tell i'm a chubby kid because i really want that to be ice cream that you're talking about <laughs> we did not have the ice creams on sunday that's Mm-mm. funny that's super funny. Okay, so we've digressed thoroughly. It's fine. So I did a little bit of some studying last night on the author. So apparently this was her third novel, but she wasn't really big in the Americas until Reese Witherspoon. The Americas. Yes. Uh, until Reese Witherspoon chose her mm-hmm. book. And this was Reese's book club pick for March. Of this year or last year? I thought it was this year, but it could have been last year. Oh, I thought it was last year i don't i didn't look that far into it but it said march and i just assumed yeah i did see march but this is where i found it was on reese's book club pick because i like a lot of the stuff that she recommends you know she recommended daisy jones and god bless her for that yeah i don't know how long it would have taken me to read daisy jones if you hadn't have chosen it just because you love me so i love it so much i'll have more to say about taylor jenkins reed in a later episode i followed her on instagram too so i'm very same z's yep but no so i did a little bit of deep dive and someone was um interviewing uh bali the author Mm -hmm. and asked her if you were interviewing yourself what question would you want to ask yourself? And I thought her question was amazing. That's really cool. She said, okay, my question would be, can a group of invisible women really start a feminist revolution in their conservative community? And I was like, yes, girl. Yeah, and that's one of the things the old ladies say that, because we kind of skipped over this part, it turns into an erotic stories club where the women are no longer looking to learn English. They're expressing themselves and coming to terms with their own selves through erotic stories. 
Yeah, and it's it's a way that they've never been able to express themselves before because in such a conservative community, like mothers don't give their daughters pep talks before they mm-hmm. get married. They have no idea what they're getting into, and then they have no idea how to, how to enjoy their mm-hmm. sexuality. And every single one of the widows in Nikki's class had had an arranged marriage. Yeah, so that's something like they didn't have chemistry before they mm-hmm. got to know you know got, before they got married. Right. They just show up on their wedding night and they're like, okay, now what? And one of them was 10. Yeah, that's something ten. that just... The, the concept of arranged marriage. I guess because I do not come from that kind of community. Sure. I find it just so difficult to wrap my mind mm-hmm. around. But I get... Like, Nikki's sister Mindy talks about that. And I, I get the ease of it. Like, she feels like it takes the pressure off. Mm-hmm. But Nikki's e- or Mindy's even doing it in a more modern way. Right. She is meeting them beforehand. She's speaking to their families, trying to get to know them beforehand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I agree but that back in India in the villages, it was like, hey, that man's going to be your husband. He's going to pay us to take you. Yeah. And that was the end of it. Oh, Lord. Um, and they were like 15, 16. And then the one poor woman was 10 years old. Um, it, and it, it was just very, like, I was, yeah. I was kind when, of disturbed by that. Yeah. But when that came out, I was just like, oh, yeah. I need to take a breather. But, but that's very common. I, mean, I know. And I'm not, I'm not like, you know, spitting on their religion. If that's something that you truly appreciate and respect mm-hmm. and are into it, like, that is mm-hmm. your religion. But I can't. Yeah, I have a I, very hard time wrapping my head yeah. around the concept. And, and, you know, maybe someone who's had this, I would, like, love to sit down and talk mm-hmm. to you about it. That would be super cool to try to get that perspective. Sure. I don't think that there should be any reason why two persons that are completely different have issues just talking about your differences. Like, right. I think that would be fascinating mm-hmm. to talk to someone. I do, too. But anyway, so... Nikki these, picks up... I'm sorry. These women, eventually, it becomes more of an erotic storytelling. And the women that cannot write, read or write, they just speak out their stories. Someone writes it down. They start recording because the writers are tired. Mm-hmm. And so eventually it gets to the point where they're they're printing these off and they get sent all over England. They get distributed everywhere and it like is wildfire. And it goes back to her question, can a feminist revolution start in a conservative community Mm -hmm. and the answer is yes of course because women outpopulate men Mm -hmm. like that was the point i didn't make a minute ago too mm -hmm. they talk about being invisible because they said nobody listens to old lady chatter they Mm -hmm. expect us to be talking about our medicines and our knees instead of what we're really talking about and they assume that we're just innocuous Mm -hmm. you know people and they don't pay any attention to us they don't listen to what we're actually doing Mm -hmm. so it by the time that people caught on to what they were doing, they were already so far yeah. into it, which was really cool. I mean, mm-hmm. but it is interesting to think, like, do you ever see a group of people and just ignore, you know, what they're like, you just cast them off like prejudices. Like mm-hmm. Nikki thought the widows were just going to be really super conservative, old biddies, you know. Right. And not they, they're not having fun. Just, right. Yeah. And they thought Nikki was going to be just this super... Um, re- disrespectful young modern girl that mm-hmm. was going to try to tell them what to do right. and, and not respect them at all. And they, they came to a mutual understanding through self-expression. And that's really what Nikki brought out in them was their own self-expression. She was just kind of a moderator. Yeah, she created this open and safe environment for them to really 
open up to each other and mm-hmm. talk about things that they were really it's it's kind of like you you don't talk about these things mm-hmm. ever like even in Their our society fantasies. even in our society now there's so much slut shaming absolutely like yeah no it 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 so it gave them this amazing mm-hmm. environment to be who they wanted to be and mm-hmm. speak about what they wanted to and i just i it definitely is a great discussion book absolutely like this this is an awesome book club book because of the discussion that mm-hmm. it opens but yeah but by the by the end of this book these women simply because they were able to discuss things that they weren't allowed to it was changing them it was making them feel more empowered mm-hmm. a woman that was supposedly the bad person Colewinder 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 the person that I never liked I didn't like her at all yeah, because you didn't she's like her from so grumpy yeah mm-hmm. she's so grumpy you don't understand why at the end of this she ends up getting these these pages of the written down mm-hmm. stories and she ends up reading the one and then she's like well I've already read run I guess I should and it helps her in her marriage with her husband yes, to be able like, to express herself. And then he's like, whoa, and, and like even more in love with her than before yeah, just because she felt so empowered to ask for what she wanted. Yeah. And then the next morning he's making her coffee when he's never done that before ever. Mm-hmm. And he's totally making it wrong, but it's he's yeah. doing it for yeah. her. And it's, oh, it was just so good. Yeah. And it was brilliant. And. And Colwinder has a whole other backstory mm-hmm. um, of stuff that does happen in the book. Yeah. And, and you do finally learn what makes her the way she is. Yeah. But you also think, like, it takes a long time to outgrow the socialization in your head from your childhood. Or, like, oh, yeah. especially if you grow up in such a tight-knit community like that, mm-hmm. in such a closed-minded community. Like, her first thought was... This is disrespectful to the community. And she not, called it filth. Yeah. yeah, not about how the women were being empowered. Like mm-hmm. she couldn't see that until she took a step back. Yeah, and I thought that was really good too. I thought self realization. Yes, I thought the character arcs in this were great. I did too. I think she did a fantastic job of creating the at least with Colwinder, the creating this character that we did not like finding out why and so then you have a little more empathy for her Mm -hmm. but then her becoming this woman that you're she's finally let go of what have what has been holding her down Mm -hmm. and she's ready to embrace a new beginning and a step forward and it was just like you just she just needed to let go she needed that push yeah the most beautiful character development i've read in a while it was really good she was great so let's talk about okay. What's what's the bitchy woman's name? Taran Paul. Taran Paul. Taran Paul. Taran Paul. That Paul. bitch. Taran Paul. She is actually the one who was married off at ten years old. Her mm. family went to see a pundit, which is basically like a Sikh religious authority, like kind of like a guru would be yeah. in, in Hinduism, or a preacher or a priest would be in in Christianity. And so he saw her, and he was so struck with this 10-year-old girl that he's like, oh, I see her future. She's going to marry me. She's and destined me for me. And give me five sons. And give me five sons. So he, her parents were so excited that the pundit was destined for their daughter. They just left her there. They just they just handed They're her over, 10-year-old. Ten year old. Tiny little girl. Their fifth grader. Right. So I can see how she made – she had to survive. So she – I can kind of see where she's coming from to a certain extent. What her husband did and what she ended up doing in this community honor is such a big thing. 
So they would basically blackmail people to keep their secret. So people would come to her husband and then to her mm-hmm. asking for religious advice about like how to handle a situation. Like one guy came and his son was gay. And they're like, how do I handle this? What do I need to do? And they said, if you pay us, we'll keep your secret from the community. And pray. And we'll pray, pray for you. We'll don't send, forget, the, don't we'll, forget the prayers. Yeah, we'll send special prayers to to God for your son's wayward behavior or whatever. And so that's how she became really rich and made all her money. Um, and even after he passed away, because she couldn't read or write English, she couldn't do anything. And everybody's like, how is she making, how is she getting any money? And then we, it comes out that she's blackmailing the rich people. Which is crazy. Stupid. Yeah, I, I was not a fan for, of her. Not, no. I mean, like, I, I sympathized with her at the beginning, mm-hmm. like her wanting to learn English. But the more we learned about her, right. the less we liked her at all. Yeah, I was um, I was not a fan of her mm-hmm. whatsoever. And then come to the end and you're like, well, all right. I know. Yeah. Like, And yeah. like I said, I get that she had to, at 10 years old, be a grown person and forge her own path in the world. But a lot of people are victims and have really terrible childhoods and do not turn out that way. Totally. So it's like, do you hang on to the victim mentality for that long? Or, you know, do you do you fight and do what you have to do to survive? Or do you say, I don't want to be like that and become a better person? Right. Like, there's an amazing quote, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's something like, yes, you can you can have a shitty childhood and you can have terrible things have happened to you but that does not create an asshole right like that you have the power to become who you want to be Mm -hmm. like you don't have to choose that path like she chose she did choose she had zero sons by the way she just had daughters (laughs) i know although that was kind of interesting and they said she um, said it was so shameful that she was unable to bear him right and and he blamed her for that that it was his it was her fault that she couldn't have any sons and that's like going back to you know the english monarchy the yeah like henry the eighth and stuff it's always the woman's fault that she can't have a, a son duh right <laughs> stupid <laughs> women women have been blamed for stuff <laughs> for so long man but we gotta rise up that was my version of the hallelujah chorus okay (laughs) i was wondering what you were doing and who you were trying to motivate with that i was doing like an all rise (laughs) an all rise motion (laughs) all righty then so this does kind of bring up another point with tarim paul and the basically son she never had that she takes into her life jaggy jaggy um, I call him asshole. Well, yeah. So honor killings are a thing Ooh, in India. Lord. They're a thing in the Sikh community. They're a, a thing in Muslim communities. Like when I was reading the Malala's book, mm-hmm. um, honor killings are a thing that happen in those kind of communities. I don't think you can call a killing an honor killing. I mean, that's what they call them. Like you're killing someone to silence them to protect the honor of the family. Right, but I feel like you if you're going to be killing people, like definitely don't call it honor. Well, right, killing. but they think that they're justified Vomit. in it. It's like a lot of people who commit certain crimes feel like they're justified in, in doing that. Vomit. You know. I think it it goes to rape. Like men sometimes feel like they're justified in raping women because they were asking for it or whatever, you know. I think it's kind of the same same yeah. thing no i know it's just i stupid i don't like it yeah. i think um, one of the actors that was on harry potter her family 
tried to hurt her in like an honor killing because she was an actress and dishonoring the family. They ended up not, but was um, it was it the girl that played one of the Patil sisters? Yeah. I think I do recall something like that. They ended up like I think beating her up or something like that. I do, and, recall and they ended that. up not killing her, but that was the same concept. Like, how do you kill someone that was in a Harry Potter franchise and think that it'll be fine? Honor killings. They're justified. They think they're justified in this. Uh, if you think, if you hear one or two famous cases, how many go unreported? Right. No, I know. And that's one of the things in this community, too. The women are so terrified to say anything and step forward. And, like, two or three women throughout the story have gone missing or been mysteriously mm-hmm. killed or whatever. And nobody says anything right. because they don't want that to happen to them, too. And there's a group of men who are, like, self-righteous men called the Brothers oh who go around Lord. policing I would love the for women. the Brothers to try to police me. Right. Like, cover your head in the temple. And, like, Nikki wasn't even close to the temple at that point. She was outside in the parking lot. And yeah. yeah. And, like, yeah, they, they used their manhood like and it gave them power over these women so Mm -hmm. they could basically say anything they Mm -hmm. wanted to them and treat them however they wanted Mm -hmm. and it was fine because they were men Mm -hmm. stupid patriarchy i know (laughs) i hate it but yeah i i i enjoyed it i thought thought it was was good good. i gave it three stars that's a good neutral for you yes ma'am it is hence the last episode we talked about yes ma'am do you have a favorite part I found the ending of it a bit more fast-paced and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought some of the parts of the middle kind of lagged a bit. Um, I get why they're there, mm-hmm. and I get why all of the erotic stories are in there as well. Yeah, I kind of started skimming I through the too. erotic stories. Because, like, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Like, I, I like me an erotic story every once in a while. But, mm-hmm. like, there was a lot in there. Like, I was just like, yeah. okay, but what's mm-hmm. what's happening with the with the dead girl? Right. Like, and yeah. I get I do I get why they're in there. Mm-hmm. They're showing the self-expression. They're showing the different mm-hmm. fantasies of these women and, and how they're coming to terms with their own sexuality. But I do think there might have been one or two too many. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to get back to the story, like, the mo- like what was happening right. in real time in the story. Mm-hmm. And so I thought at the end when all of the stories get out and, you know, they get found out, the stuff happens at the end, you know, that it's kind of like... Woo, this is a bit more exciting. <laughs> I was reading a little faster. Yeah. What did you think of Jason? I I loved Jason. I get where he's coming from, and do I think that he did things the right way? No. But do I think he actually fell in love with her? Yes. I can't decide. I I think I'm, I don't know, for me, like, I don't know. I just, I feel like coming from Nikki's perspective, and, and as a girl who's had a guy ghost her, and then find out something crazy about mm-hmm. him later. It's just like, mm-mm. but it's no, like, thank you. What if you meet the love of your life at the wrong time? I know. What book is that from? I my head. I don't know. Is it from a book? I'm pretty sure it's from a book. You mean I'm not as clever as I thought I was? So sorry. You are not <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but no, yeah. And I, I do, I do appreciate that thought as well. Like, I mean, they could truly be perfect for each other but it's just like the timing wasn't right he handled it poorly totally but i do think he didn't mean to hurt her Mm -hmm. and then eventually at the end his expression of how you know like he bought her that okay i cannot with with the beatrix potter bug yes 
I like that would have melted my heart. Right. So, so I mean, he would have he would have had honest, me eventually. Yeah. I think honest to goodness, deep down, he really loved her. Like he was in an arranged. So he he's divorced and mm-hmm. he meets her and his divorce isn't finalized yet. And there's a lot of crazy stuff going on because divorce in this community is a huge deal. Huge deal. Lots of shame. Mm-hmm. So he should have been upfront with her, but I kind of get why he wasn't. Maybe he was thinking if he was trying to figure out how conservative she was, like if she was going to be scared off. Right. But at the same time, like the very first night that they ever hung out, it was when she was bartending. So like, mm-hmm. obviously this woman's not yeah. super conservative. So like, no. And he if didn't want to drag at her into minimum, his He could have just said like, I am going through a divorce. At minimum. And you know what? Her being from that community, she would have totally gotten it. Like, yes. yeah, dude, you're going through some shit right now. Right. Like, But no. he, he ended up not telling her. And he said the reason he didn't tell her was because he didn't want her to get drag, drug into it. Which she didn't. Right. But she could have. Like, if, if the ex-wife like if found out. And sure. The, like, the ex-wife's family was trying to slander his family. And that he didn't want her to get involved in that. Her and, dad trying to sue him for dishonoring for defamation of character yeah like that's cray but i mean it's not unreasonable from that community because divorce Mm. was like not something you did right but like do they have their own court of laws like how (laughs) like i don't know (laughs) if you take someone to court and be like no he's divorcing my daughter ergo defamation right like, mm. like he's shamed her in the eyes of the community they, yeah. they say she'll never be able to get a different a, like a decent husband again because she's now damaged goods which oh yeah and then the okay going off of jason for a second um nikki's friend sheena yes i love her sheena. husband died when she's like 30 and she was not allowed to remarry. Mm-hmm. Like, that blows my mind. You've still got your best years ahead of you, yeah. girl. And the widows are not supposed to remarry in this community. It's so she's disrespectful. Be, yeah. yeah. She's supposed to be a widow forever. Oh, my God. Nah. Yeah. No, thank you. I mean, I get honoring your husband. Sure. But, I mean, that's a long time. That's a very long to time alone. to be alone. I understand if you're 60, 70. Mm-hmm. Like, my grandmother... My grandfather passed away when she was 53, and she knew, never remarried. Mm-hmm. And I get that. Yeah. My grandma passed away. My grandpa was in his 60s, I believe, and, yeah. and he never remarried. But, you know, that was the love of his life. Yes. Like, I get it. Like, but if, you're, if your person passes away when you're still so young, like, that's... There's a very likely chance that you can meet someone else and fall in love. Oh, and, yeah. Like... I mean, there is, there's a chance that that's not, you're not going to have anything as good and you're going to be stuck on that forever, but you should be given the option. You should totally. be forced to not. So, yeah. And that's one of the, the points in the story is that Sheena meets a guy she likes, but it's so dishonorable to, so they have to, to date. So they have secret. to meet in secret. And mm. Yeah. Poor Crazy. thing. Um, and I loved Minjeet. Like her husband left her. Oh, and yeah. she pretended that he died Instead of saying that he left because it was so dishonorable yeah. for her husband to have left her. So she just pretended she was a widow, mm-hmm. um, which was interesting as well. And then at the end, though, he was what was wrong with him? He, he was, was sick. sick. Yeah. And I so think he his, had cancer and his stupid little girlfriend left him. Nurse, so yeah. she came running back 
to take care of him. And I was so proud of her because she eventually figured out that all he wanted was someone to cook and Mm -hmm. clean for him. And she was like, and I, I would not do it. Right. Like she Mm -hmm. went to him because she said she felt like she had a sense of duty, Mm -hmm. but through her self expression in the class, she grew into her own person. And she was like, no, this is not what I want. So she came out to the community that she was no longer a widow that, what really had happened and she was so free and happy and just so much better um and, and it was really beautiful i thought it was fantastic i was so proud of her mm-hmm. i was like you go girl <laughs> get, get yes. it there was so much character development mm-hmm. in the story it was so so beautiful yeah one of the um usual book club discussion questions is is this plot based or character driven and i think this one was definitely more character driven mm-hmm. than plot there was definitely some some mm-hmm. movement with plot for sure. Yeah. But no, the character arcs were real in this one. They absolutely were. It was really, really amazing. Oh, one of the questions on the discussion thing was, what do you think of Tara and Paul's storyline? Does her early life explain her later actions? No. We touched base on yeah. that. Um, Look at us. I know. We're so good. What do you think will happen to the novel's characters in the story after the story ends? Um, I think Mindy will end up marrying the dude that she was seeing mm-hmm. because she was so gung ho about finding her damn husband. Right. Even though he was a bit more critical of, of Nikki, mm-hmm. she was like, Mindy said he's on a journey to become a little more independent and liberated. And Nikki was like, why don't you just find someone who already is? Yeah. I love that. Why do you know. have to take the journey with them? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm assuming that Nikki and Jason would stay together. I think so. I think that they're really good for each other. Yeah. Honestly. Tara and Paul will die in a hole. I want the police to find her and and accuse her of conspiracy. Yeah. But I don't know if that would ever happen because apparently the theory is that she fled back to India. Yeah. Well, technically, well, she said she was shocked when she found out that he killed Maya. So if she apparently didn't know, the only thing that she could possibly get in trouble for was helping him break into Nikki's house. Mm-hmm. That would be Robin, it. I mean, that would be an accessory to an assault, really, or to, and to arson. True that. This says, we built Southall because we didn't know how to be British. And the, so that's where the Punjabi community came there. So if you had any problems in this new country, your neighbors would rush to your side, bring you money and food. How does this view of Southall as a safe haven conflict with the younger women's views of it as a kind of prison? The only thing I can think of is... Southall reminded me of the small town mentality that we have in the South. Mm -hmm. You go to church every Sunday, you graduate high school, Mm -hmm. you get married, you buy a trailer, put Mm -hmm. it on your, your parents' land until you're able to buy your own land and then you build a house and that is where you have babies and Mm -hmm. you stay there the rest of your life. You do not travel, you do not experience and that's what it reminds me of. Like, you are so brave in moving to an entirely different country, an entirely mm-hmm. different culture than yours, in some place that you may not be as accepted mm-hmm. because your culture will be very apparent by what you wear. Mm-hmm. And it's so brave. But then to move to another country and simply live in a community mm-hmm. that was created by you for you mm-hmm. is... I, I get the premise of it because like they said they didn't know how to be British it was so overwhelming it was so confusing sure. so they kind of stuck together but they did it so cohesively that they didn't let anything in mm-hmm. like they didn't let so the it's, British so it's just a little India 
in right in what in England, and so it's like then what was the point of leaving? And then this is, is it, how would you feel living in a place like that? And I, I think you nailed it with the small town. Like mine wasn't quite as bad as what you're describing, <laughs> but good old Claxton. I mean, you know, every time I go go home, if I see someone from like high school, they're like, "Why don't you have any children?" I'm like, you know, that's not the end all be all. Right, that's not all I'm I'm made for. Yeah, <laughs> like just because I have ovaries, right, doesn't mean I must um, use them. And like moving away was such a crazy thing yeah. for me to have done. Yeah. And I only moved two hours away, but it was like, well, Chris, crazy. Chris left Polk County, which is only forty five minutes away, and they acted like he was leaving the country. That's crazy. Yeah, because you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's a big city. Here in Chattanooga. It is, yes. (laughs) That's funny. I think that does kind of coincide with the small town mentality. And I also think that it, like, you feel like you can't make a move without people knowing. Like, I mean, when I was in high school, my parents knew what happened before I even got home. Sure. Like, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, it was awful. Um, But that's how small town life was. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I, so when I was uh, 10 or 11, my family moved to Chattanooga um the rest of my like my mom and my stepdad um myself and my brother we all moved up to Chattanooga the rest of my family still lived down south and people that would that went to my grandmother's church like once I got older people from grandma's church found me on Facebook would follow me and then would tell my grandma what they saw me doing on Facebook like that was like guys, <laughs> what are you doing? That's crazy. Like and so yeah, she would call me and be like, "So I heard you were doing such mm-hmm. and such." And I'd be like, "What? How the hell did you do that?" <laughs> Man, yeah, Facebook. I'm glad I that I went through high school before Facebook. I really am. Oh, me too. Like, yeah, it wasn't until I was like 18, which was mm-hmm. really then when I started my rebellious phase. I could see that. Yeah, was was when I was on the yeah. Facebooks. Here's an interesting question. So it says, Nikki, um, her purpose came into sharp focus. Some people don't even know about this place. Nikki imagines herself saying, let's change that. Why does Nikki, who has rejected Punjabi tradition and chosen a life independent of her parents' community, suddenly want to teach in Southall? Is her motivation selfless or self-serving? That's a good question. That is a good question. I think it starts out as a little bit self-serving. Like she wants to show her her mom and her sister that she isn't as completely devoid and that she can do something other than be a bartender. Yeah, I definitely see that. But I also feel like she had kind of talked about a little bit how like certain foods reminded her of home and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so I think she still kind of wanted that connection, but without, Mm -hmm. but on her own terms. Right. And her dad had just passed away. So I think she was looking Mm -hmm for a piece of home that didn't mean having to go back and live under her mother's roof. Right. Yeah. And I do think eventually she honestly wanted to help the women. Mm -hmm. Like she kind of started out being a bit condescending towards them. So we talked about prejudices, Mm -hmm. but eventually she realized what important work that it actually Mm -hmm. was. Like, it's not just about the stories. It's not just about the erotic stories. It's about what the women are becoming. Right. And and I think that part of it is kind of selfless that she realized that. Yeah. No, I agree. Like she realized that even though it's putting her in danger, she's going to keep doing it. Yeah. Because it's important work. Yeah. There were there were parts when the brotherhood was 
you know, right on their tails of like finding out mm-hmm. who was doing this and all of that. And she was just like, doesn't matter. Like this is important. Mm-hmm. And I, that's where I'm going to be. And, and I know this really novel cool. is a bit heavy, mm-hmm. but every time they talk about the brotherhood, it just makes me think of my vampires. Did it. <laughs> the black dagger Look brotherhood. Look at you. Because they call them the brotherhood in the book too. Cause I mean, they are the brotherhood. So I'm missing them a little. Oh, brother. And, and that, you know, that is interesting because those are kind of smutty books. And going back into slut shaming, people, when they realize I'm reading smutty books, they dismiss it. Mm. Like, they think that it's just... It couldn't possibly be any good. Right. Or that, like, I'm obviously a slut or a whore for reading that sort of stuff. Regardless of that if I'm married or even, even if I wasn't. Right. Like, you, they judge me based on they, them finding out that I'm reading something a mm-hmm. little more smutty. Yeah, which is a whole other can of worms that's gross. Right, we could probably spend a whole other episode talking about don't, slut shaming in books. Don't <laughs> let us get on some soapboxes. <laughs> right. But no, yeah, I, um, I've um, i found myself whenever I've, uh, I'm reading like a smutty book, smutty book and I like it's one that I'm really into and I want to read it and take it with me places I'll have it on my Kindle so that nobody mm-hmm. asks questions yeah because I I've been in you know when you go to the beach like mm-hmm. you want to take something a little lighter so that's when I typically read mm-hmm. my romances and stuff mm-hmm. um or at the pool or whatever yeah. so yeah I'll I'll take it there and last time I was at the beach we ran into a group of guys and this was the first time this has ever happened we ran into a group of guys and kind of like our our um, group like kind of meshed with theirs and we hung out for a while. And one of the guys sat next to me and he was like, what are you reading? And I was like, oh, some smut. Like I was just going to go ahead mm-hmm. and like just throw it out there. He was like, oh, yeah, what's it about? Like didn't say anything. Nice. And I was just like, oh, my God. That's exciting. Let me clutch my pearls. Yeah. Someone that I work with found out that I had been reading a smut book. And now everything I read has to be smut. It can't. Oh, like, of course. I can't go back and forth between actual literature and smut books. So, you know, I've, I've been cast, ca- uh, typecast in that role. <laughs> we'll get you a, a Scarlet A. Yes. Mm-hmm. We'll get you one. I need one, clearly. <laughs> clearly, I need one. Well, yeah, I really enjoyed it. This mm-hmm. was this was a very good pick. I'm so proud. Yay. Very proud. So happy. I had actually never heard of it until you chose it. And so I was like, erotic stories. I, I know. I was reading <laughs> last night, and my husband is like, does that say... Erotic stories for Punjabi widows? I was like, why, yes, it does. No further explanation. He just stared at me for a few minutes. Chris never looks at the titles of the books that I'm reading anymore because Mm -hmm. they change so much Mm -hmm. that he just, he's, he's just washed his hands. Yeah, I mean, Daniel usually doesn't say anything, but I guess he was playing his video game and I was reading, which is such a perfect way to spend the evening. No, that's how we do it too. I'll be like, are you sure you don't want to play your video game? I know. I'll be like, are any of your friends available to play? (laughs) It's my secret way of saying I really want to yes quiet time to read mm-hmm. but um so we just happened to be sitting close by and mm-hmm. i was reading it and he was like um so you were reading were you reading it like book mm-hmm. look at you i know i'm growing as a person <laughs> <laughs> i actually um we talked about this in a couple episodes back but <laughs> i i bought it on audiobook on kindle and the actual book. Tavia, that is so much money. <laughs> but I wanted the actual book because I, I was really liking it. And then I had the Kindle so that the audiobook would sync and I could read it at work. Oh, my God. Yes, I know. But 
I, I got a discount. When you buy the Kindle version and the audiobook together, you get a really big discount. So, and then I, I bought the actual book to like take pictures and t- to have it in my possession because I really liked it. I'm glad you liked it. Mm-hmm. We've got to get your bookshelves up so we can. Yes. This mm. has to be a, a priority. Yes. <laughs> it's June. We've been in the house six months now. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, good pick. I'm thank proud. You, thank you. Are you still wanting to do that same book for your next pick? Station 11. It's okay. happening. All right, people. So, so mark th- your calendars. Get that one sorted so out. So three to four weeks from now, mm-hmm. we you will have, be discussing Station 11. have about a month 11. to read that. Station 11. Do you know the author? Emily St. James. Oh, there we go. Because I only know the author just because um, Ann Bogle talks about it a lot. Oh, cool. And so. And we'll link that up on the website as well. Yeah. So you guys can check that out. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.